that was an excellent week at the Northwest Washington Fair and Event Center for the Washington Small Fruit Conference and Linden Ag Show. Saw a lot of folks there. Hung out at the Whatcom Family Farmers Save Family Farming Ag Water Board booth. It was a combined effort. And uh, heard from a lot of experts, of course, around small fruits, being that being the conference happening there. Some question marks hanging over the heads of the future of, of uh, small fruit farming, particularly the raspberry world here in Whatcom County and in the Northwest. So uh, let's continue on here as, as uh, we continue here on the Farming Show. I want to say thank you uh, before we do, though, uh, to Pape Kenworth Northwest, our sponsor here on the Farming Show. Uh, please say thank you to them next time you see the folks over there on their new, at their new location on Iowa Street in Bellingham uh, for sponsoring this show. As we uh, continue on here talking about uh, the things that went on this week at the, at the Small Fruit Conference, I want to uh, jump back to, uh, as I did, a little bit earlier a conversation i had yesterday i'm getting these folks the day off not bugging anybody this morning uh, but uh i i, I worked ahead I, I i got my work done early yesterday uh, and i chatted as they were wrapping things up as things were getting packed up at the end of the of the small fruit conference there at the fairgrounds with henry beerlink um, the executive director of the Washington Red Raspberry uh, Commission and, and very involved with the entire conference. So let's take a listen back um, to my chat with Henry about some of the highlights and some of the updates about where things are at in the small fruit uh, community right now. So how, how did this year's show go? Uh, every year it's um, a learning experience. Every year we um, have some ups, ups and downs, and um, I don't think we had many bad downs, but you know, a few things that we will tweak and do a little different next year. Too long a lunch lines, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but good food, very good. Just yeah. you had to wait for it. So. Yeah. Talk about some of the industry trends that came up. What was the big story? this year coming out of some of these meetings and seminars and i know we heard from some people who have uh, a finger on the pulse of of the future of of markets mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. even beyond just you know raspberries and blueberries that we talk about here but wow what's the future look like uh, it's you know it's always mixed the future and uncertain those are always two you can um, count on those two things i think blueberries were probably the biggest story um john shelford who has been working in the blueberry marketing system for 40 years. I was here from Florida, and he's mm -hmm. part of the premier marketing expert on berries, blueberries particularly, not so much on Raz. But he was here, a couple speeches, um, just kind of looked at the world situation and what's going on, and there's so many blueberries in the ground. Um, mm -hmm. But the, optimi the optimistic side is that there's a lot of people in this world have never eaten a blueberry or a mm. raspberry, and so the opti the potential for marketing to them is certainly there but making that connection will be a challenge well i remember when i was a kid 
on the farm with my dad, and he was a raspberry farmer, but we're just watching what, what was happening in the community. Mm-hmm. And this was in the late 90s, and a lot of people were planting blueberries. Mm-hmm. And the talk then was, well, there's a train wreck coming. You know, right. the market That's can good. only sustain so many I've acres. I've said that for 10 years. I've said I that said, for 10 years. <laughs> this has been almost 20 years I that know. people have been yeah. saying that. And I was still hearing people saying that here today, but it's been pretty incredible right. that the blueberry markets have been able to sustain the amount of growth in production it is indeed incredible and they keep talking about their challenge but they've been up to the challenge for the most part over the years the price has been uh going sliding downward but Mm -hmm. it's still in a i would argue in a fairly sustainable spot if they could keep it here and it would not be um not be a bad thing for the industry whereas raspberries have some more unique challenges um certainly different grades the iqf did fairly well this year Mm -hmm. bounced back after a tough year last year uh, hopefully their future looks still pretty good, but we only we have about um, you know 70 million pounds of raspberries produced here in this county. Probably a four-third to maybe 40 percent of that has access to an IQF tunnel. So most of our growers have always um, been able to grow for a, a B grade. We'll call it a you know straight pack or a mm-hmm. puree, and that and and make and be able to do that in a you know way that um, generates keeps them sustainable. But that's a real question uh, for us in the raspberry industry for the next few years. So we're looking at a lot of new things again and um, hoping to be able to stabilize that market. I heard a little bit of talk. I know there was a seminar talking about strawberry stuff. And, and, mm-hmm. and when you talk about this, it makes me think about strawberries. Exactly. Because strawberries have all but left Whatcom County when at one time they were massive here. They were the dominant berry, yes. Is it possible that could happen with raspberries here? Uh, it is certainly possible, and there are mm. those that would say that it's predictable. Um, mm. That I would like to think that maybe not the far end of the pessimistic scale. Yeah. But um, it's certainly, if you look at the realities that they're up against, and again, labor is a huge part of that. Regulations are a big part of that, but it's the biggest part is market. How are we? It's a world market for all the things that we produce, and there's cheaper places to do it than here. So what were the experts saying here today? Um, you know, they, they were still arguing that there's a place for berry production, and that, uh, but you're going to have to be adaptable. You're going to have to follow a lot of the new regulations and be able to, um, uh, you know, not fight them, but be able to adapt and work with them. Like today, worker safety was the biggest, um, the whole half of a day on worker safety, which is nobody would argue that isn't a very important topic. It's just that it's a whole other area that small growers have to adapt to and um, both pesticide safety worker safety food safety all these kind of areas you need to be an expert on and when you're an individual farmer trying to be an expert in all these things Mm -hmm. it's tough and I think the biggest story for me has been watching the number of growers and this relates to that point Uh, when I started about 20 years ago with the state raspberry commission there were about 165 raspberry growers in western Washington 76 this year Um, less than half uh, wow. after 20 years and and I don't think that's growing it's going down our acreage is pretty much the same maybe a little higher but sounds like when we talk about dairy farming and about dairy farming or grocery stores or whatever <laughs> it's the consolidation yeah and the small person which really made the community what it is is um getting run out 
who just said. And forgive the noise in the background. We've got some oxbow harvesters being uh, rolled yeah. out by the farmer's equipment guys right behind us right Noisy now. Bunch. Some yeah. some uh, processing gear from uh, Angar going out on a forklift behind us right now. Talking with Henry Beerlink. He's executive director of the Washington Red Raspberry Commission uh, here at the end of the small fruit Washington Small Fruit Conference here at the Northwest Washington Fair. Um, so we and back to the blueberry issue. Why is it? And and this is still fascinating to me. We're talking about how people have been predicting a market collapse for years, and it hasn't happened. And as you said, the the price has worked its way down somewhat, but it's still been a sustainable market. Why is that? What's what's kept that up? What is it that the blueberry folks have done to be able to keep going? I. I would be tick off several things. One of them is that there's not such a um, distinction between fresh and frozen. Uh, they are able to, they are able to produce a fair amount of their even locally uh, blueberries can go fresh, and that hits a very timely market. Mm-hmm. Usually a fairly price a market that you know generates a pretty good price. So it takes some of the pressure off the frozen market. Yeah. Whereas in raspberries, it really, we do not do a fresh industry here. The fresh industry is California, Mexico, mm-hmm. and it's, there's a huge distinction between the two. So Why um, is that? Is it just so much harder to do raspberries as a fresh product? Because of thin skin, very sensitive to heat, things like that? That's certainly part of it. But I think the biggest part of it is that the people who move from fruit, uh, big grocery stores and so mm-hmm. forth, are very happy having one supplier year-round. Mm. And Whatcom County does not produce raspberries year-round here. No, Whereas we pollute, in, produce them in July, basically. Right. Maybe June, mid-June June, to and we early can maybe August. stretch them into you know, late August, but um, that's our season. So it really makes sense for us to put them in the freezer at the premium place, time. we got the best berries, no question, but we can't produce them year-round. And, uh, California can with hoops and uh, most of the season, and then they can supplement with Mexico. And as we're seeing, Mexico starting to do a year-round now, and that's been our biggest competition now, and that's the one that we're most concerned about. The past couple of years, we've been talking about trade concerns. You bring up right. Mexico right. And, and really other parts of, of the global market as well. What's the situation with, with those concerns currently? Was that mm-hmm. discussed here this, this week? Yes, we had one of our, at our annual meeting for the Raspberry Commission, we did have uh, an attorney from Washington, D.C., who we've worked with for many years, um, video conferenced in, talking about where we may be going on trade cases. Mm. Uh, The Raspberry Commission has hired them again, take a quick look at what is the potential of filing a large anti-dumping suit against the Mexican industry, which is one of the few protections that we have in U.S. trade. It just takes a lot of money to do. We have to prosecute that case and pay for it to be able to go through the International Trade Commission and so forth. It takes time and a lot of money, and we have to have a good argument, and that's still our concern. Uh, the idea there with anti-dumping is they're not supposed to be able to sell their fruit below their cost of production. So what is their cost of production? Is it their fresh market production, or is it the byproduct that they're dumping into the frozen market? Is that their fr- cost of production? That's what we have to decide what will be looked at. If it's the flat former, we don't have a case. Or we do have a case. If it's mm-hmm. the latter, we don't have a case. So mm-hmm. that's really the critical case that we hope to know in a couple months. And then... Um, decide whether you want to jump off that cliff or not. You talk about it. It's an uphill battle. It's mm-hmm. very expensive. Right. But at the same time, you folks have been involved in something like this before. And right. at least in one case in particular, you won. We won two times. Two yeah, times. we're two for two. 
Um, you know, we actually back in the 90s with um, actually our neighbors Canada at that time. Uh, back in the early 2000s with Chile, uh, we mm-hmm. were we know we weren't dramatically successful, but we were successful in both of those anti-dumping suits. So, and we worked with this firm before in those both those cases. So, this is not new to us. What about everything that's going on with the, I'm using air quotes here, trade wars? Was that mm-hmm. discussed in any of the market conversations here? Is that you know coming to bear on our small fruits markets here in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, it, not as much as with a lot of the other ag products, because we have not um, in, it, we have not been affected by tariffs, you know, anything more than what we've had before. There have been no new tariffs on berries from China or Mexico mm-hmm. or um, uh, North Korea or any of those other countries right. where we're in trade war with so we haven't been also not accessed any of those subsidies that have come on to a lot of farm you hear about these 12 billion dollar subsidies and right you know they're not coming here um so they are going to the midwest farmers for the most mm-hmm. part and reds and states that are purple too that tends yeah. to be where they're getting up a lot of the money going so there's always politics involved but um it is yeah we, it's certainly pertinent to us, but our interest probably has been more in protecting our own markets rather than trying to develop more foreign markets. Because right now there are more berries coming into our country from other countries than are being grown here. Really? Right. It's over 50%. Yes, yes. And I think a lot of people aren't aware of that. I think we here want to grow on the growing side mm-hmm. and on the consumer side. We want to eat our own fruit right. here. right. And that's part of, you know, labeling. We've talked about that quite a bit, about mm-hmm. being sure people can determine where their fruit's actually coming from. Uh, it is on the label. You have to search hard to find it most of the time. Mm. Uh, but it is there. And even I go here in Linden and Bellingham and the shop, and most of the berries you'll find in the freezer, in the IQF, raspberries, and so forth, are not from here. Mm. They're come out of country. Mexico, sometimes Canada, sometimes other places. Some place where they can buy them a little cheaper. Aren't there places as well, for instance, Canada, that can bring fruit in from elsewhere yet right. and then, then repackage it? it. Exactly. And then and it's like, oh, well, at least it's a product of right. Canada, but who knows where Canada got it right. from. Let me put a little plug in here for actually one of the few products that really do pack our product is, mm-hmm. um, is Costco. Costco, yeah. Kirkland, Triple Berry Friend. We've been doing some demos with them. They source all those raspberries from Washington, Washington County. So um, that's one of the, we'd like to have more companies do that kind of thing and make that kind of commitment. So we'll give them a plug for doing it. Absolutely. Again, talking with Henry Beerlink right now, executive director with the Washington Red Raspberry Commission. Here as things wrap up, people, everybody's packing up around us here at the uh, Washington Small Fruit Conference and Linden Ag Show that happened here this week. Uh, Henry, there was a lot of research talked about as well. This is uh, that's another forum, really, of of this event is to talk about some of the research that's going on. What were the highlights from your perspective of of projects that that people are working on, researchers, scientists with the university and beyond? Uh, there's a big range of things being talked about, um, and it's always interesting because a lot of that somebody somewhat academic. So we're talking both to growers and we're talking to an agronomy personnel that are in the field that mm-hmm. they'll translate all that information. You know, we work on a lot of pathology issues, entomology issues, um, plant breeding. There was a big section on plant breeding. We commit a lot of money towards breeding new varieties and so forth that we can be competitive with. Um, you know, norovirus, uh, those mm. issues in plants mm. becoming more and more addressed. Uh, these viruses that rec- create these recalls, um, you know, they're 
viruses are in the in the atmosphere. They're around. And mm-hmm. How do we keep them off the berries <laughs> and off the, to a point yeah. where we're safe? We're producing a safe product, and we're doing the very best in the world to do that. So that's another reason to buy domestically, buy locally. Mm-hmm. This event is. I'm just. We're sitting here again as they're taking it down around us. This is a lot of work to pull off. It is, uh, and but it's. We always kind of we anticipate coming in. We enjoy it. Uh, we're also dead tired at the end of it and happy it's <laughs> over. But, but and we're looking at the future. I know I call again from a potato farmer and say, "Boy, you got to have potatoes in there too." We mm-hmm. got to start talking about this being a, a larger event, doing more production. Yeah, and we've always talked about dairy. It'd be hard to fit dairy into it, but the crop farmers probably would. Mm-hmm. You know, would be a decent link. We'll talk a little more about that when we debrief. So. It is. Yeah, it's and, fun. And, and for vendors, it can be quite the opportunity to speak directly with their exact Right. The customer. people they really, and this, like, uh, there's a big show up in um, Abbotsford in the end of January. It's the mm-hmm. Pacific Ag Show, and right. it covers a lot of products and has more and more people come through. But they see, you know, 70, 80% of the people come through are not the people they're going to be selling anything to. Mm-hmm. Here's a very focused crowd that they do enjoy. The vendors uh, have more room, more time, and they have an audience that really um, they need to talk to because they're here because they need to sell product. Otherwise, they wouldn't be here. Real quick before we let you go, and I know you've got a lot of work yet to do as, as you help uh, get this whole thing taken down here. But again, we're talking with Her- Henry Beerlink with the uh, Washington Red Raspberry Commission here at the uh, Small Fruit Conference, Washington Small Fruit Conference at the uh, Northwest Washington Fair and Event Center. You guys gave out uh, a few different awards, including one to uh, a recently retired, but he I guess he doesn't quite want to say that he's retired uh, fruit local fruit grower and farmer. That's one of the graded privileges of working with farmers, I think, is you get some really unique individuals and, and great people that have contributed a lot. And we started a couple of years ago what we call an industry service award. This is actually something Alan Schreiber, my counterpart with blueberries, had done with asparagus for years. And mm. he said, we ought to do that with our props as well. And yeah. it's really worked well. I think the first one we gave a couple of years ago was to Lyle Rader, Brad's dad. Mm-hmm. And they took it very seriously, and they really started it down as an honor that they and we meant it to be an honor and they took it seriously and it worked out great and then last year we did Kurt Mayberry and his mm-hmm. family did, were honored for the years both of them you know are not with us anymore mm-hmm. this year we decided to shift to a real live wire and um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, you, I say that with some you know a chuckle because Daryl Eller certainly is that he's one of our yeah. unique individuals heart of gold has done a lot for the industry for mm-hmm. people his neighborhood um, he's innovator in a lot of ways, and he's unique, um, very unique. But we gave Daryl that honor, and uh, we were privileged to do it, and it was really fun. Well, I think anybody who has listened to me on the air over the years maybe remembers Daryl and Lyndon uh, calling into the program over the years and talking about things they know that, uh, boy, he he's always got so, a different angle on something that you don't necessarily expect. Uh, and been kind of a dis- sort of in my neighborhood yes. basically my whole life. So yep. I've known Daryl for a long time and, and pretty neat to see him recognized it that was. way. I'm, I'm really pleased that we did. They made that. What happens is the past winners make that choice. You know, so each year now, the you know, in this case, the Raiders and the Mayberries pay that choice. And next year, uh, Daryl will join that group and they'll select somebody else. And there's a lot of worthy people 
that have helped this yeah. industry over the years. Absolutely. are still doing it. And hats off this year to uh, Daryl Ellers, uh, Henry Beerlink, Washington Red Raspberry Commission. Thanks for, for being here, and more importantly, thanks for doing this event and, and putting this all together. I know it takes a big team, but I know you play a big part in that. And you were too. Thank you very much. Because it really kind of, we actually do a lot of this under the auspices of Washington Family Farmers. Um, you know, so they are mm-hmm. one of their, one of the, their nonprofit is able to pull this all off for us. So that, um, that's a lot of big help and they deserve that credit. So thank you.